afternoon again. This is Terry Woods, and uh, I'm with Mark Hader. And we're Texas sure. Storytellers. We are that. We're brought to you by Woodlands Online. You can watch this show on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel over the air, on KVQT HD 21. You can listen to this on woodlandsonline.com slash podcast or on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You know, pick one of those. Seriously, just pick it and uh, we'll, uh, we'll and be And also, it. while you're picking that, I also think that they should understand that if they have a sponsor out there, we could really use gun? a sponsor. We will plug the daylights out of you. Not mm -hmm. literally, but I mean, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. socially, we will plug you and uh, anyway, that'd be nice. I know this is a tough time for uh, sponsors. It's a it tough is time a tough for time for sponsors, but we'd still like one. It is. And you know, that's why we're very proud to have the people on We Do Today. We you invited do. this couple. Who? I did. I invited um, special guest stars. I didn't think we were enough because <laughs> they have written a book for our times. And I'm not going to give any of that away. I'm going to let them okay. talk about the book. Is that all right okay. with you? I can deal with it. But if I have a question, I'll throw it out there Would you? at some point. You bet. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So today I have Dr. Beverly Irby, and she is a Regents Professor, Marilyn Kent Byrne Endowed Chair for Student Success and the Associate Dean of Academic Affairs at the College of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University. Just stop that right there. That is too much. Well, that is It's not enough. Dr. Irby is also the Director of Educational Leadership Research Center and the Co-Director of the Center for Research and Development in Dual Language and Literacy, and Literacy Acquisition. Her primary research interests center on issues of social responsibility, including bilingual and English as a second language education, school leadership, women's leadership, administrative structures, curriculum, and instructional strategies. She is the author of more than 200 articles, chapter books, as well as curricular materials for Spanish-speaking children. She has many leadership awards such as the Willie Steen Goodstill Award, I might have said that wrong, mm -hmm. with the American Education Research Association and the research on women and education. It goes on. And, you know, we will uh, get to talk to her next week. Whenever, <laughs> by the way, you left out the part that she is on the short list for Biden's Secretary of State. <laughs> This oh, is big. Oh, this that, that is, big is big stuff. Yeah. The Higher Education Honoree by the um, Texas Association of Bilingual Education, Researcher of the Year by Texas Association of Professors of Educational Administration, and Living Legend Award by the International Council of Professors of Educational Leadership. Are you still on Beverly? Yeah. Give Dr. Irby is the editor of the Mentoring and Tutoring Partnership and Learning Journal. She received her degrees from Delta State University and the University of Mississippi. And... Uh, Professor Laura Lacio, we may cut down some of yours. I don't, <laughs> here's what I'm going to... Uh, I've got this, and I'm impressed as all daylight. Dr. Raphael Laura Lacio, 
Uh, he's also a Regents professor and director of bilingual uh, ESL, English Second Language, uh, programs in the Department of Educational Psychology at Texas A&M. He's a director of the Center of Research and Development in Dual Language, Literary Acquisitions, his primary areas. Folks, it goes on and on, and we're taking time away from this wonderful book these people did. Uh, and uh, I shortchanged uh, Dr. Lara Alessio tremendously, but folks, um, I had to, Raphael, I had it's to. It's too bad, it's, because it's too... I'm going back to Dr. Irby. Oh, my gosh. And she was my professor. Oh, well, that's good enough. And that's good I credentials. when I was at Sam Houston, she was yeah. my professor twice. She was my mentor, my confidant. And she even helped me work summers um, up in uh, level two, on, on level two in the education building, which I, is totally different now because this was a long, long time ago. But she's a good, good friend, I believe too. It. You know, now we're going to have to wait till the audience comes back from the restroom. <laughs> this is going to... Okay, we're, we're ready now. All right, I am not going to take up any more time. I'm going to hand it over to Dr. Irby and Dr. Laura, and um, I would like you to tell us about the book and read it. Well, we'll tell you about the book. Um, you know, when, when things started uh, happening with COVID in uh, March, actually, we were in Guatemala. Uh, Rafael is from Guatemala, and... Uh, we actually have a, a home there, and we had been there for spring break. And um, we, it was March the 12th when things started to really pop. And um, on March the 13th, we returned to the U.S. You were we would lucky. Still be, we would still be in Guatemala, which is a lovely location in Antigua, Guatemala. But we would still be there had we not returned on March the 13th yes. because that night uh, all the airports in, or all the flights into Guatemala closed down. So there's a part of the story related to that. So we came back and um, we began this whole um, situation with, with COVID and um, with the schools and getting our student teachers, what were we going to do at the, at the university with our student teachers out in the schools. And we started working on all of that in our courses, moving everything online. So we worked really hard. In the midst of all of that, we had friends who had little children, even uh, grandchildren, and they were, the children were thinking, what is going on? You know, I'm afraid they were having nightmares. And um, I remember one of my friends said, you know, my child uh, woke up this morning, told me about the nightmare. It was in, like an old, uh, haggy kind of witchy person who came and uh, took her away and put her in the closet and, and uh, held her there. And um, so they were internalizing all of these things that they were hearing, you know, passing by the television and hearing all of these things about the coronavirus. And they were, um, they were very, very concerned. And this was not only happening here in the U.S., but also uh, with our friends uh, and our family, our, our nieces and nephews, 
back in Guatemala. So they were having these nightmares as well, and or these fears. And so we wanted to, we, we thought there's, it just came to our mind, there's something that we could do. We might could share a story with them that might make them feel better about the situation. And uh, so we thought about it. We got with our uh, colleagues and out of our Center for Research and Development in Dual Language and Literacy Acquisition, we decided that we would write this book and then we would put it in many languages since this is a pandemic. So let me stop you there uh, and ask you, what age group were you aiming at? This is for early childhood, early learners, early, like maybe uh, three, four, five, six years old. So they're very uh, early, uh, it's in the early childhood realm. And um, those were the children that we were hearing from the parents of the, and the grandparents telling us these stories of their fears. And uh, can you imagine those little children having these kinds of fears? So we wanted to do something, so we did. And um, we didn't want it to cost anything either. Because, and, and actually we, we went to several sources and to see whether or not they would charge us to put it up, even on um the popular site uh, that we get our books from, many of our books, <laughs> uh, they were wanting to charge 99 cents. 99 cents was too much for us. So we, I mean, you know, they would, if you wanted to get the book, it was not going to be free. It would be 99 cents. So because many people at that time had been out of work and were going to be out of work and we just didn't want to charge these families anything. And we didn't want to charge the schools because they were also in dire straits with all the technology issues they were having. So we decided that we would go for it. We um, got an illustrator, uh, an illustrator who had worked with us before with Frog Street Press. And we um, worked with her, Debbie Weekly. And she uh, worked with us on the illustrations, which are beautiful. And I'll, uh, we'll share that with you in just a little bit. Is she but, with A&M? Is uh, Miss Weekly? No, she's not with A&M? Debbie is actually in Oklahoma. Oh, so good. She's I've heard of book, it. children's book illustrator in, uh, and graphic designer in Oklahoma. Our other authors, uh, primary authors that we had that helped with the book, of course, Raphael and I did uh, the primary work in English and then in transadaptation into Spanish. So the first book was written in English. And Raphael, then there was trans- I'm yes. sorry. Raphael, were you involved in talking with Beverly about what y'all were aiming at here, what you were planning to do? Or was this all her idea about and, and she just needed But you. she's a unique, unique, unique individual. <laughs> always, we bring ideas yes. from the many years that we have been able to interact in different places. Right. But uh, actually, Dr. Erebus, the master brain, developing those beautiful ideas and put it in a meaningful, relevant, authentic context. Okay. 
uh, and I hate to keep pressing, but did you, Beverly, contact schools at all and say, you know, first grade teachers, could you ask your students what a virus is, what they think that is, or something like that? They can come up with weird stuff. Did that, did you yeah. get much help from that? Um, well, we were hearing the words, you know, like I mentioned, an, uh, a witchy kind of thing or a, a monster type of thing, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. uh, we were hearing those things from, from teachers and from parents, like I said, and grandparents. And we, and we contacted our colleague that we had worked with before on uh, the McGraw-Hill DLM Early Childhood Series, and that's Pam Schiller. She is... She is the world-renowned early childhood educator. So Dr. Schiller, uh, Pam uh, talked with us about this. We said, here's the, here's the concept. And so she said, yes, this is really, really speaks to, to young children. She said that she had reviewed some other uh, books, and it just wasn't, it just didn't speak to her for the children, for young children. So, but this one did, and she worked with us on uh, refining it and getting it together. You know, you would think that a children's book's pretty easy to write, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's really not. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And um, so we worked with her, and then for our Mandarin uh, language, we worked with Dr. Fu Wei Tong, who is the uh, interim department head for educational psychology now at uh, Texas A&M. And also we worked with Dr. Nahed Abdelrahman for, for Arabic. And uh, she's one of our project coordinators and research specialists. And then we have worked with other colleagues uh, that we know in, for Bengali, uh, for Hindi, uh, a Stanford graduate did our Hindi, um, and uh, we're we have a, a Farsi. Uh, that's a University of Tehran PhD uh, graduate with Farsi, and uh, we just got in the German, and so that will be going up as well. So this is all. These are all on our website for. C R D L L A dot T A M U dot E D U. Credella, that's the center website. And it's there and it's free. So uh, I'm wondering how the artwork uh, will transfer into these other cultures and all. I know the a particular uh, young people in it and the family are. Uh, uh, you know, not white Americans as such, but you no. have to pretty well cover the plateau of uh, everybody. And, and did it affect the writing any? Some words that they, you know, in German or wherever. That's really interesting. In the beginning, as we worked with Debbie, um, we talked about what the children would look like, what the family would look like in this book. And the tone of the color of hair, the the look, the um, we we uh, didn't we we made the the family pretty uh, uh, generic, a kind of family uh, right. that could could cross over into many uh, even you know into the Asian culture 
or Arabic or um, American or Spanish. We tried to make the people, or German, and um, and so on, a Brazilian. We're, we're working on getting a Portuguese uh, uh, trans, trans adaptation now. So we did look at that. And in fact, just today, I learned something new. Now, I don't speak German. My, I have ancestors from Germany, but I don't speak German. And um, I learned something because I was looking at the German and we were looking at the, the words. And there are words that are capitalized, like um, uh, sister and brother in, in the German language, and um, closet and floor. Those are all capitalized. So I wrote back to our friend who actually is in Switzerland. And he said, I said, now, when we do this and we send it to Debbie to put into the book, uh, these words are supposed to be capitalized, right? Because I see they're, they're capitalized. And he said, he wrote back and he said, yes, in German, in many languages, things, that, you know, the, the uh, orthography is different. And so it is capitalized. Those words are capitalized. And so like floor and closet and any kind of any proper noun, he says, is capitalized. So that was something new I learned today. Way to go. <laughs> what, what beauty, I think, of the book is the fact that it it is online. So any editing you have to do is so much easier. Now, with respect to when it first came out, so many children didn't have computers. They could have used a book, probably. That has a... Uh, one of the difficulties with it, uh, particularly yeah. in any third world country. But uh, I would like to mention this this one thing uh, about it that I found. I was questioning your font. We looked at several fonts, and, um, you know, we really relied on uh, uh, Pam Schiller, who is the expert for early childhood. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you know, the font at one point was smaller. And, um, of course, with our eyes, you know, with older eyes, <laughs> we needed to have it bigger. And we thought, well, if a grandparent's reading it to the child, they're going to have to have it. But, you know, on the computer or on the iPhone or, or your cell phone, any type of phone, you can enlarge. So that's mm -hmm. that's a good thing. But um, but we did ask for it to be uh, enlarged for sure. But, but she had agreed, she agreed upon that particular font style. So we just left it to the expert on that. Okay. <laughs> we, we've written many uh, children's books and, and really uh, we, have, we have curriculum that's being um, commercialized now. And so what we do is we do literacy infused science, a lot of that. And this book has some science in it, health, health issues, you know, in it. And so we use the big words. We want to use the big words, but what we have, to, what we do, and we will have up online, we have um, a curriculum that's going up. It's a week long, every day. There's five days, and and uh, parents can use this, and it's an explanation of what these things are, and um, so we, but we had, we wanted to get the book out. We wanted to get it out there because it was needed, and we had to get that out. 
the curriculum is being finalized and that will go up as well. That will be free on the site too. So um, we are just sort of taking it one step at a time, but we right. do use big words and um, it's, it's important. Um, safety is in there, the word I believe. Vaccine is there. Monster um, for little children, let's see. That's um, a good word. I, I, I like monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and some people have said, oh, you're going to scare, you know, scare my child, you know, or you're going to scare the kids. Uh, some one comment was, you know, you're just going to scare the kids with monsters. But but the intent is not to. That's what they're feeling. Yeah. That's part of their internalizing right. of this. And we we want to ensure that it's not a monster, but it is a virus. And it can hopefully we, we're hopeful that there will be a vaccine. And that's what, the, there's a picture in there of four uh, scientists or medical uh, individuals working on preparing the virus and, and making one. And those are all, uh, it's a multicultural picture. And um, uh, so we tr are trying to ensure that, that we know all around the world people are working on this. And that's what our intent was on that. And that's a, a, a conversation that can be had. So these are conversation pages even, you mm -hmm. know, that they have there. That's so. what I like about the book. The, I think that's my favorite part is, is the idea that you're talking to a small child and there's going to be a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent there probably reading the text to them and making sure that those things are all infused and understood that's that was that's why i like the format of the book yes i think it may need to be dumbed down for some of the adults I <laughs> what are you running into anything with respect to parents it's too soon i'm sure but parents who say oh this is a conspiracy and all it's just part of the those are the people hurting kids that's that's really upsetting to me well we we haven't heard from them We've only heard from uh, people who say, even teachers who say, this is going to be the first book that I read to my children uh, in my class. Absolutely. That was the first grade teacher, actually, that sent us that one. Yeah. And then we've heard very nice things back from teachers as well, other teachers as well, kindergarten teachers. So even first grade, you know, it really early childhood goes up through third grade, mm -hmm. you know. So you can even use it up there. Um, for conversation starter, you know, with the children. So there's one picture in there, I'll tell you this, um, that we had a question about. Um, there's a picture in the book, and it is about uh, the, the family. The, the family is uh, the child who's, from who's, uh, who's telling the story. This is the child from, from that child's eyes. It's a little, a little boy, mm -hmm. and uh, he has... Um, a sister and two brothers. My sister, my brothers. Yes, two brothers. That's right. And he has a sister and he has two brothers. And they're all, he's afraid. So he's, he's telling the story. He's, he's afraid. And he's telling his mother and he's having dreams, but he doesn't see the monster. And, uh, which is a good thing. He's not seeing it, but he's telling her that he's still concerned, really. And, um, so she says, you know, it's you're safe here and it's it's okay and you're going to be okay. 
And for just for now, let's just practice and let's just have a party or parade or some sort of um, activity. So they're all, they have their pots and their pans and they have, have, they have their mask on and they put some gloves on as well. And they go around and they're having this parade or having a party. And the little child, the, I think it's probably about a two-year-old, has on a little bandana, not a mask like the others, but a bandana. So we were at question. They said, oh, my goodness. There's even a, the, even the two-year-old has, even the baby has on a mask. And um, that's, you know, not a CDC requirement, you know. They <laughs> yep. do that. So, but that was the party time. And ba- we felt that baby, you know, little child, uh, little brother would want to be doing the same, the same thing things. that Absolutely. big brothers and big sister is doing. Mm-hmm. So so we put the mask on. We, we debated about that. And we said, you know what, we're going to be called on that one. But we're going to do it anyway because we feel that it's a family having fun, and um, and they're uh, and the little one wants to do the same as the big ones, and you know how that goes. <laughs> Raphael, have you had uh, little ones in your family who have uh, been able to see this? Is it in Spanish now, and they have been? Yes, uh, in, as a matter of fact. Um, we disseminate the book in Spanish online, and suddenly friends start sending me messages that they had the opportunity to talk about the book during the breakfast as a family. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah which is something extremely desirable and uh, extremely very welcome in multiple communities because, uh, like Beverly was saying, when we move from one language to another one, we have to truly think that all the time a language is embedded in a culture. So we want to be sure that we are sending the message, but in the way that people who are native of that language understand what is what we are trying to So we put this kind of flavor in this book, I'm sure, but my colleagues who did it in Mandarin, Arabic, Farsi, German, Bengali, Swahili, Korean, Hindu, they were thinking exactly the same way because we want to be sure to send the message. Right. This unique time that we are living today. So I was very happy to hear from multiple people <laughs> that during the breakfast time, as a family, they had the opportunity to read it. The, the difficulty in getting as many people as I see on this list to come up with the book. How did that happen? I mean, the writing and all was, uh, uh, if I had somebody else sharing writing something for me, with me, I would have trouble. Uh, you know, I wouldn't agree with a lot of stuff. Did that happen in the compilation of the book? Either one of you. Um, no, I mean, we had the book of uh, the story, uh, it was just a draft of a story that, you know, first I wrote down in English, and then um, Raphael read it, gave feedback, edited, and Pam did as well. And also, I have to tell you this, and 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 uh, Nahed Abdelrahman did, uh, and also uh, Fuwei Tong, 
Now she has uh, an eight-year-old and a five, a six-year-old. So they also were our readers. And in fact, we have a project in uh, Beihai, China, on the South China Sea, that we work with children and the teachers in an English learning program mm -hmm. uh, through our center. And so he has been recording books for us for quite a while. This eight-year-old, he's very, very talented, very bright. So we said, would you read the book and see what you think? So he read the book to his little brother, and they loved the book. <laughs> and But they said, here's what they, I'll tell you this. So they read the book, they loved it, and here's what he said. You know, on the page where the, where the scientists are, they are not, they're, they're not socially distanced. <laughs> that is uh, excuse. <laughs> he, said, he said, you know, if you, if you really want to make it right, you will socially distance those scientists. So we talked to Debbie the illustrator, and we said, Debbie, can you please fix this? Because we've had it from the from uh, from one of our critics who, <laughs> who really suggest this to do to do this. So she did. She moved. She was able to to move these scientists apart mm -hmm. a little bit, and uh, so so we followed his his lead on that. So, Those are the best so yeah, critics, we right? Have, we did have feedback. Yeah, good deal, good deal. Uh, we are running close well, to no, out of time. No, 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 we're going to listen to the book. Well, oh, yeah, that's right. We've got, and we're we are going to do that. To the book. But that's going to, yeah. Let me ask you this. I would think right now you're advertising the book. Is this how you're pretty much doing it, just trying to get, um, how can you advertise it, particularly in this day and age? It's, well, um, we are putting it on uh, social media and uh, sending it in social media. Our friends who are, for example, the, the Hindi book, uh, that will be sent out in, uh, when it's, it's done, but it's got to be finalized with our ISBN. Each of these books has an ISBN a number, Library of Congress number, so we want to get that in. And so um, that's being processed. Uh, we all we have copyrights, and um, whoever writes the book, that's another thing that we're doing. We're sharing. So I'm first on the English book, the first author. All right. Raphael is the first author on the Spanish book. Yeah, super. Nahed is the first author on Arabic, and so on and so forth. And so that's the way we've done it because um, though the concept was originally in English, we feel like that it has, transadaptation is more than just like a, like putting it in Google Translate, you know? Right. <laughs> so right. it's not that. Yeah. So you have to really, as Raphael said, you have to really make it culturally relevant, uh, your writing. And so that's what we tried to do. But anyway, um, we're putting it out on social media in all of those places, in all of those countries, and uh, where it will be. And parents and grandparents are looking for that type of topic. They're searching for that. So they're going to come up with that book. Any thought of audio books? 
Yes, that's right. A little kid reading this book would be just... Yes, and we have plans for my little friend, our little friend who who was the critic on our book, (laughs) to do one of the readings. He can actually do it in Mandarin, and he can do it in English. So we have other children who can do it in the other languages as well. You know, Beverly and Raphael, what we need to do now is have your audio uh, reading, audio reading as opposed to (laughs) sign language, uh, of the book. So uh, if we may do that. Okay, I'll go in English first. Is that okay? Thank yes, you. and then do the Mandarin. Oh, sure, yeah. of course. So the name of the book is There's No Monster Outside, It's a Virus. And the authors of this book, myself, Beverly Irby, Raphael Laralesio, the head of the Raman, Fuwei Tong, and Pam Schiller. And it's illustrated by Debbie Weekly. I listen to the news and think right away. There's a monster outside, and now I can't play. I look out the window, but there's no monster in sight. For just a minute, I'm filled with delight. But then I see no friends outside playing. No friends running, riding, jumping, or chasing. On the news we hear, wear a mask. What kind of monster is afraid of a mask, I ask. My father says, it's to protect others. Oh, I say, like my friends, my sister, my brothers. From my back door, I look all around. I see no monster in the air, not even on the ground. I slowly check my room. Is it in a hiding place? No. I see no monster's fingers and no monster's face. I peek slowly under my white bed sheet. I see no monster's eyelash and no monster's feet. It's not in my closet. It's not behind the door. It's not under my chair. It's not on the floor. Mother says, wash your hands to the birthday song. In fact, sing it two times. I wonder, why so long? Mother says, do not touch your face. Keep your face clean with all germs erased. It's time to go to bed, so again, I look around. But good for me, no monster is found. In my dreams, no monster appears. But this does nothing to ease my fears. I tell my mother about my dream. I know she'll understand. She laughs and then gently squeezes my hand. She says, it's a virus, not a monster we're keeping away. When this virus is gone, you and your friends can go out and play. Mother says, just be careful and please don't be afraid. With our masks and gloves for now, let's just pretend we're in a parade. Doctors and scientists are working night and day to create a vaccine that will keep this virus away. Then I say with great relief, there's no monster outside, no monster to fear. I'm safe here because no monster is near. And then here is the next part of our book, and it's 
the little boy and he's holding a sign that he's made. And it's, uh, the virus can make you sick, but not if you take care. Just follow these simple rules, he says, and be thoughtful in all you do, and you will be safe and well. And he says, wash your hands many times each day. Keep your hands away from your face. Wear a mask when you're around others. And practice being six feet apart. Thank you. Super. And that was so well read, by the way. Okay, so this is Dr. Rafael uh, reading the book in Spanish. El título de este libro es No hay ningún monstruo afuera. Es un virus. Sus autores son Rafael Aralesio, Beverly Erby, Nahir Abderrahman, Fuweiton, and Pam Schiller. Our illustrator, David Weekly. Esta historia empieza, escucho las noticias, pienso de inmediato, hay un monstruo afuera y ahora no puedo jugar. Miro por la ventana, pero no hay ningún monstruo a la vista. Solo por un minuto estoy lleno de tranquilidad. No hay niños afuera divirtiéndose. Ni tampoco hay amigos juntos corriendo, jugando, ni saltando. En la televisión dicen que debemos usar una mascarilla. Me pregunto, ¿qué tipo de monstruo tiene miedo a una mascarilla? Mi papá dice, una mascarilla sirve para proteger a los demás. Entiendo, como mis amigos, mi hermana y mis hermanos. En el patio de mi casa, miro a mi alrededor. No hay ningún monstruo allí. No veo ninguno ni en el aire ni en la tierra. Reviso mi habitación por si acaso hay un monstruo allí. Pero no veo ni huellas ni cabellos de ningún monstruo. Me levanto lentamente bajo mi sábana blanca pero no hay ningún monstruo allí. No veo las pestañas ni los pies de ningún monstruo. Ningún monstruo está en mi armario ni tampoco detrás de mi puerta. No hay nada. No hay nada sobre mi silla. No hay nada debajo de mi escritorio. Sigo revisando todos los posibles lugares y no veo nada. Mi mamá dice... Lávate tus manitas cantando la canción Cumpleaños Feliz. Feliz cumpleaños a ti, feliz cumpleaños a ti, que los pases felices. Feliz cumpleaños a ti. En efecto, cántala dos veces. Me pregunto, ¿por qué tanto tiempo? Mi mamá dice, no toques tu cara. Mantén tu cara siempre limpia. Así todos los gérmenes son eliminados. Es hora de ir a la cama. Así que de nuevo miro a mi alrededor. Pero qué bien para mí. No se encuentra ningún monstruo ni aquí, ni allá, ni en ninguna parte. En mis sueños no aparece ningún monstruo. 
pero todo esto no me ayuda para aliviar mis temores. Le cuento a mi mamá sobre mi sueño. Sé que ella lo entiende. Ella se sonríe y luego me aprieta suavemente mi mano. Mamá dice, es un virus, no un monstruo, que debemos mantener alejado. Mamá dice, cuando este virus desaparezca, tú y tus amigos podrán ir a jugar. Mamá dice, solo cuídate y nunca, nunca, nunca tengas miedo. Con nuestras mascarillas y guantes por ahora, fijamos que estamos en un desfile. Los médicos, científicos y muchos otros profesionales están corriendo una carrera. Todos ellos están trabajando muy duro en sus laboratorios, hospitales y oficinas para descubrir, para descubrir los medicamentos y vacunas que puedan mantenernos seguros. Entonces digo con gran alivio y en voz alta, no hay ningún monstruo afuera, ni monstruo a temer, estoy seguro aquí. El virus puede enfermarte, pero no si tomas cuidado de ti mismo o misma. Sencillamente sigue estas simples reglas. Sé prudente en todo lo que haces y siempre estarás seguro o segura en. Lávate tus manos muchas veces al día. Mantén tus manos alejadas de tu cara. Usa una mascarilla cuando estés cerca de otros y mantente a una distancia de dos metros o seis pies de los demás. Gracias, esta es la historia que he querido contarles esta tarde. Yeah. Okay, wow. now what if you do the Arabic? Yo. I'm sorry. That was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. That was, I, I clung to every word. Uh, uh, do you guys have any last words for us? Well, we just uh, hope that the children and the, who will be listening to the story will um, feel a little bit safer and um, will feel like that there's hope. And um, that's what our, our goal is, and that we all will have hope that that will soon, that certainly this virus will go away. Well, this can do nothing but help. Uh, yes. Professor... Uh, Beverly Irby, thank you so much. Uh, Rafael, uh, uh, Laura, Alessio, so impressed with you people, and uh, hopefully this thing will soar. And we appreciate you so much for being with us today. Thank you for including us in your wonderful program, and uh, we're a little bit intimidated by great storytellers as you are. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning bolt. I'm sorry, that is true for Terry Woods. That so, but thank you so much for inviting us. Thank you. And uh, we appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Well, Terry, uh, what do you have to say to our audience uh, now as we uh, vominos? Oh, you've got to what, read. This is what I've got to say. Oh, let's hear it. I want to be sure that people do understand that in this very special episode. I'm going to have to get my mask now. Storytellers, that we do 
we do wear our masks in most places. So I wanted to be sure that I said goodbye from Terry Woods. Okay. And Mark Hader also. I, I mean, I sleep with this thing. <laughs> All our shows at, at uh, woodlandsonline.com. Texas Storytellers brought to you by Woodlands Online. You can watch this show on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel over the air at KVQT HD21. You can listen to this on woodlandsonline.com slash podcast or on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or watch the video version on woodlandsonline.com. See you next time. That's what I do. See you next time, ladies and gentlemen.